Hello, and welcome to the Art of Living Well podcast. I'm Stephanie May Potter, and I'm here with my co-host, Marnie Dotchis-Marmette. We created the Art of Living Well podcast to empower you to live your happiest, healthiest, and most authentic life. Each week, we will bring you inspiring and motivating conversations covering health and wellness topics, including fitness, mindset, food, travel, product reviews, and strategies from a variety of experts, including our own bank of knowledge. We are excited to educate, motivate, and inspire you to change the way you perceive health and discover your art of living well. Get ready to feel inspired. Happy September! Fall's just around the corner, and that means it's time for our quarterly seven-day community liver detox. So we'd love to have you join our supportive community to take your health to the next level. I know these past few months have been so emotional. There's been so much uncertainty in the state of the world. Just all the additional stress that resulted in, has resulted in so many of us, including Marnie and myself, um, getting off track with our healthy habits. And really, sometimes we're, you know, it's very easy to go back to the old ways of eating and some of the emotional attachment that food plays. And as much as we've loved, like, cooking so many wonderful meals at home and having time to bake and make comfort foods and summer cocktails, we both feel like we need this reset. And we really hope that you'll join us on this um, experience because it really has amazing benefits. And I think being part of the community is not only beneficial for all of our participants, but it really helps Marnie and I too. We thrive off of the support and energy of this group. So we'd love for you to join us. You can head on over to our website to sign up or get more information. And that's www.theartoflivingwell.us slash program. And the detox starts September 21st. It's seven days, ends September 27th. And we would truly love to have you join us. And if you're wondering how you can possibly make it seven whole days without sugar or alcohol, drop us a note, message us with questions, but we will be there to support you every step of the way. And we have to do it too. So we're all in it together. (laughs) And before we get into today's conversation, we have one request. If you are enjoying these episodes, we would absolutely love for you to leave us a rating and review. You can just head on over to Apple Podcast. Doing this really helps improve the search capabilities and allows more people to find our podcast, which will allow us to grow and share this information with more people. And of course, if you enjoy an episode, we would love for you to share it with anyone you think may benefit from the information. Thanks so much. Hello and welcome to episode number 42 of the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so excited to introduce today's guest, who is Elsa Elbert, who is a professional organizer and the founder of Composed Living, a Los Angeles-based professional organizing company focused on transforming homes from the chaos of clutter to the simplicity of a beautifully organized space. She believes that putting sustainable, easy-to-maintain solutions in place not only saves you time and money, but also allows you to focus your energy on the things and people that you love. With over 20 years of experience, along with a master's degree in organizational leadership, 
Elsa has supported countless families on their journey to discovering the many benefits of living a clutter-free, organized life. Her work has been featured on HGTV, Thrive Global, BuzzFeed, MindBodyGreen, and more. Elsa founded her business, Composed Living, based on her desire to help other families live well in their homes and create peace for people in their surroundings. She sees beauty in all situations, no matter how chaotic they may appear on the outside. And she funnels her passion to transform those spaces into organized beauty. She loves finding ways to repurpose or reimagine an existing belonging or discover an unusual and beautiful use for an everyday item. We love this conversation with Elsa, and it felt like we had all known each other for years. We could have talked for hours. The foundation and values of her business are so much in line with the Art of Living Well podcast, and it was so fun to talk about how living in an organized space fosters a sense of calm and allows us to focus our energy on what matters most. We talk about how organization is not just about decluttering your home, but it's about implementing functional systems that allow you to compose the life of your dreams. Elsa's philosophy entails helping you create the happiest version of your life, whether by decluttering, organizing, or beautifying. We also dive into feng shui a little bit, which is a practice of looking at our living spaces and working environment to strike a balance with the natural world. And Elsa shares her tips to create more positive energy in your home. We love how Elsa is very focused on conscious consumerism, and she shares her tips on how to be mindful during the decluttering and organizing process. You are going to be just so inspired by this episode. So let's dive right into our conversation with Elsa Albert. Hi, Elsa. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast today. Thank Marnie you so and I much. are so excited um, for you to join us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So let's just get started by sharing with our listeners a little bit about your background and your journey to becoming a professional organizer and even what that means and then ultimately owning your own business. Wow, that feels like a long, a long story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, my name is Elsa Elbert. I'm the founder and CEO of Composed Living. We are a Los Angeles-based professional organizing company. Um, Let's see. We, my personal passion within organizing is helping families to live really well in their homes, um, just because I'm a mom with three kids and a dog and a business and a husband, like just all the things. And I know how much living in an organized space has helped all of us to keep our sanity and stay on schedule and give us so much time to just have fun being together. And I love helping other families have that same experience. Uh, And so, and you, it mentioned just in that little statement that not only are you helping them organize their home, but it sounds like you're organizing systems in the home. Oh yeah. That's, I think the most important part of organizing any space is, you know, figuring out what the ultimate use of that space is going to be and then putting in the best system so that you can thrive in that space. So I actually started my career working in really large organizations, uh, doing pretty much the exact same thing that I do now, just like in less pretty spaces. Uh, But I always ran operations and customer service teams. And it was all about what can we do to improve efficiency? What are the tools that the teams need to be able to get their jobs done in the fastest, easiest way possible so that we can just deliver the best customer service without having to worry about anything other than that? 
And I loved it. I think that's just like how my brain works is all about like, what's the most efficient, simple way of getting this thing done? Because I don't want to spend my days worried about all the minutiae of things. I want to like have fun and relax and <laughs> travel, like do anything other than that. <laughs> and uh, so then I finally, you know, I thought about it and was like, I just, I don't know, it's already been 15 years of working for somebody else and um, kind of the stress of running really large teams and functioning at that level. I also only worked in 24 hour a day industries like emergency rooms and data centers, like places that just never shut down. Uh -huh. And so that stress kind of just stayed with me every single moment of every day for 15 years. And then I woke up one day and was like, that's not how I want to spend the rest of my life. There should be a little bit more fun. I'm creating space for everybody else to have fun and live their lives intentionally in the way that they want to, but I'm not doing that same thing for myself. I was just like, always go, go, go. That's yeah. awesome that yeah. you realize that. Did you always kind of love organizing and cleaning out spaces and setting oh up gosh. systems? Always, always, always. <laughs> I remember so vividly as a child, we had this like little walk-in linen closet and it was right outside of my bedroom door. So it was like the first thing I would see. And it was like my favorite thing to just pull everything off the shelves. I'd have to like drag a ladder in there to get the stuff off the tall shelves. And I'd wipe everything down, refold everything perfectly, label everything. And oh then two gosh, seconds later, my brothers would come in and just like pull a towel down and ever the whole system would come crashing down. <laughs> always my favorite. Your, Your mother parents must have must loved, have loved that. That. We're oh on the same gosh. page. I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. I'm like, gosh, if one of my kids did that, I'd All love it. All the things. Oh, I would regularly clean out our pantry, the refrigerator. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. I just, that is amazing. part of my nature. I think some like everyone kind of finds their self-soothing behavior at some point, and that has just always been mine. Mm -hmm. Which I can I can attest to because there's something very calming about having mm -hmm. a space that's organized, and you know I think it's like get get rid of the clutter, the physical clutter, and it somehow frees up space mentally. You're getting rid of some mental clutter too. Oh, absolutely! I'm so glad you said that because lately I've been thinking so much about why like I start every morning with my meditation routine and that's so important for me because my brain is just usually like otherwise I'd wake up and be like what are the 10,000 things I'm going to do today and <laughs> just yeah. get mm -hmm. started and so having that space where you're really intentionally trying to declutter your mind um, I thought about how similar physical organization is to meditation the whole point is to go through your space and create these empty places so that your eyes, your being, everything around you can just kind of have a little bit of a break from having to process so much of what's around you. So, so I have a little confession to make this morning. I was listening to a podcast that you were on, just trying to, you know, get a sense for who you are. And I was working out, I was lifting weights in my basement over this stay at home period. I've been slowly kind of We've always had a gym in our basement, but I've been making it more and more a place that I want to spend time in. That's awesome. So as I was listening to you talk with the person that was interviewing you, I was literally decluttering the space. I, like I do my reps yeah. and then I have like a 30 second break and I'd be like, oh, we don't need these boxes anymore. 
And I started moving things to the steps upstairs yes. <laughs> in between the breaks. <laughs> By the time I was done with my workout, I had two loads of things that I literally got rid of and put in the garage. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> Oh that my gosh. So great. That's like yes, the ultimate and multitasking. <laughs> I was so inspired, like listening to you. I was like, I can do this right now. Wow. I mean, first of all, that makes me so happy that you listened and you were able to like take an action item out of it. Uh, but how cool is that to get your morning workout in and also declutter? <laughs> <laughs> right. And at the same time. It was so funny. I mean, my husband's uh, like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah. You're like, I'm being super efficient right now. Right. And I always tell people, I think, have this idea that it has to be like on your calendar and it's something I'm going to, I need to devote a whole day and it's going to be miserable. And I'm not like, I just, I'm going to keep putting it off. And I do what you do. Like if I'm, I'll be, and I probably told this story. I was like, I'll be brushing my teeth and just be like, I don't like that sweater that I'm looking at in my closet and just like take it and walk it to the garage yeah. and be like, that's going, it's never coming back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or same with books. I actually, do you guys know that, do you have the little public library in Minnesota? Is that a thing? Like, do like, we have a little, public library? No, they're, they're like tiny boxes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's I a great idea. Isn't so, that so fun? Oh, oh, it's a great no. idea. Well, they're all over my neighborhood, but I never mm -hmm. thought about bringing books that I don't want anymore and dropping oh, yeah. them. Oh, that's the whole point. Uh, yes. Like, so I want to do it because I was like, our kids read so much. I read so much. And it's not always yep. things that we need to like keep around. Although right. I love decorating our house with books, but there's only yeah. so many. And that's a great idea right now because people are home yeah. and they're reading more. If you're totally. listening to this. Yeah. I was just going to like attach a little like Lysol wipe or something thing to it. I don't know, but I have to figure out how to build it. So, I bet if idea. you looked on Pinterest, you could find yeah. a million. They tutorials. give you, there's like a template. Yeah. You buy like that. So you can either buy one already done, but it's more, it was like $300 or something, which I just, I felt like I could make it on my own. Yeah. Uh, but they give you the instructions of like how to make it waterproof and assemble it and all the things. So, oh, wow. Yeah. One of these days, I'm going to figure it out. It's on my yes, to-do list. I think that's great. I'll look forward to seeing that on your Instagram feed. Yeah. <laughs> so so going back to, yeah, your job, like how, how do you work with people? Like what's the process like? Um, can you tell us about that? Sure. Uh, well, before quarantine, we were in people's homes and, you know, we'd go. I have a team of girls who are awesome organizers as well, and we usually like let's say it's your closet is the biggest thing we always start by just kind of taking everything out putting everything into categories and then we work with you to figure out what it is that you really want to keep um, that's always the most difficult part i think uh, because that becomes very emotional like we always have an emotional attachment to things whether we pay attention to it or not and sometimes it has nothing to do with the item but it has more to do with like why you bought it or why you're keeping it uh, people can have a lot of negative associations with their belongings, uh, especially when it comes to clothing. It's like, oh, I want to keep that because one day I'll lose weight or one day I'm going to gain weight or like what it's, there's so much negative that can be associated with why we're hanging on to things or guilt of purchasing something that you don't really love and you're not going to use. Uh, and so helping people through those emotions and finding a healthier, more positive way of looking at the experience. Uh, so that what they're left with is genuinely like a positive 
exciting place for them to come into. Nobody wants to start their day getting dressed and looking around and having all this like negative self-talk happening. Mm-hmm. So that's the exciting part for us. Um, and then we put it back together in a really beautiful way. It's so simple. So do you do, can you do everything all in one day? Like if you're visiting someone in their house, you go through this process where you're talking through a lot of it. And it, the thing I love about the you know, professional organizers like yourself, Elsa, is that it becomes almost more of this, like, I don't want to say therapy, but like this session where you're really kind of digging deep into the emotions. And that's a critical component of being able to declutter and then obviously like create a system where you're not hopefully going back to your old ways after. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yeah, but so if you can do that all in one day or one session. Yeah. Our goal is usually to get as much done as possible in one day um, because we want you to have really exciting results to feel good about, but it's just really circumstantial. You know, some projects are, Um, really quite small. Like sometimes someone will just need help setting up a nursery or reorganizing a pantry. That doesn't take very long. Uh, But, you know, we've helped clients move into like huge new homes and we'll unpack everything in one day. We just bring a larger team of people. Okay. Uh, That's probably our favorite, like it's my personal favorite thing to do. I love helping people set up in a new house because you know that right from the beginning, everything is going to have a really good system. And now all they have to do is maintain it. Uh, So that's just my absolute favorite. And also the look on people's faces when they move in and they're expecting to see boxes for like years to come. And they're like, what do you mean? Everything's unpacked. Like everything, it's all here. (laughs) That sounds wonderful. Yeah, that does. <laughs> totally my favorite project. So uh, what about people that are um, really attached to things? You mentioned that. Do you have a process that you go through, like photographs, for instance, or books you mentioned, like things that are kind of hard for people to give away or get rid of or whatever? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so our goal is never to force people. I don't like, I don't, there's a better word than force, but we'll just use that for now. Uh, we don't want to <laughs> force people to get rid of their belongings. The ultimate purpose is to help you have a happier, easier life in your home. So if having 10,000 books around you is what makes you the happiest, then we'll just find a better system for you to organize them. Uh, If you truly, and so I guess to answer your question fully, it always starts with an assessment of their values. So no matter what space it is that we're organizing, it's crucial that we have an understanding and that the client has an understanding of why they want it organized. What is it specifically that you want to be different? Are you feeling overwhelmed? In which case, like you absolutely do need to be letting go of something. Uh, the feeling of overwhelm, anxiety, anything in that family usually comes from having too much around you. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's the same outside as it is inside. It's too much. You need to let go of something. You need to process it and you need to let it move on. So you have a little bit of space for some new healing energy to come in, whether that's in your insides or that's in your home. And so figuring out, you know, if we are just doing a simple pantry, right? Like, do you want it reorganized because you're wasting money because you don't know what's in there and you keep buying new food and other stuff expires? Is it because your family has grown and now you need to make room for more? Like just getting out the root of the issue. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So when it comes to sentimental items, uh, you know, like we deal a lot with people who've inherited a whole houseload of things from parents passing away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that ends up in a storage unit or overtaking their garage. So helping them through that process is very similar. It's like, what is your ultimate goal? Do you want to find a few keepsakes that remind you of this person? Uh, is it important to you that you keep everything and integrate it into your life? Uh, would you prefer that we just have like a big estate sale and you can donate that money to a charity? Like there's so many answers to this. Oh, I love that idea. Cause I can imagine that a lot of people carry a lot of guilt for, with those kinds of items where mm-hmm. you're getting yeah. something from someone that's passed away or someone's passing something down to you and you don't necessarily even like the item, but it's like, yeah. well, what am I supposed to do with this now? I don't want to be rude and say, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And yeah, I will if my husband listens to this, sorry, John, but we have that, we have that issue going on in my house. So I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think everybody does to some extent, whether it's, you know, things that are gifted to your kids. I know my mother-in-law doesn't know what podcasts are, so I can speak freely about the things. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we used to live in a really small two bedroom condo. And she is the greatest grandmother and loves her grandkids and loves showering them with presents, especially at the holidays. But I remember one time she sent us this train set that was like 12 feet long and eight feet wide. And it literally took up 25% of our home. And once it was assembled, there was like, no, you couldn't put it anywhere. So I was like, what? I can't keep this. (laughs) Um, and I have no guilt about getting rid of those kinds of things. It's like, we just, we have to fundamentally be able to like feel good and supported in our spaces. And there's no shame in regifting things because somebody else who doesn't have that thing will love it so much and be so happy that it ended up in their homes. And Mm -hmm. you have a little bit of, you know, white space left in your house. Exactly. And you know, also you touched on this a little bit earlier about, um, just about like when you work with families and helping them to discover the benefits of investing the time to organize so that you have more energy to spend time with your kids, you know, and even in your prior career before starting your business, can you just expand upon a little bit and talk about how having structure and then the rituals after you set up your space to allow you to be more present and be more engaged with your kids? Absolutely. Uh... And I mean, that came out of a place of just personal self-interest, I guess. I'm, my brain doesn't work right unless everything around me is where it belongs. <laughs> and I realize that that can be very difficult for small children to live with. So it was really important to me that from the beginning, there was always very good systems in place. Uh, and in that case, a good system means something that a three-year-old can follow, Right. Because if it doesn't work for the people that you're trying to keep organized, then it just doesn't work, period. And, you know, when my oldest, my oldest is now 20. And when he was a baby, we labeled everything in the house and everything was just in like, you know, bins. So it was really easy for him to put his stuff away when, you know, from the age he could grab things. It's like, if you can pick it up, you can put it back in this box. (laughs) And now he's a very tidy young adult, which is nice. (laughs) Yeah, he's going to make a great husband someday, right? (laughs) Yes, hopefully not for a long time. Yeah. (laughs) So our house, you know, there's like drop zones for everything now. The younger two are like middle school aged. And so making sure they know where their backpacks go, making sure they know where they can always find pencils for doing homework, uh, 
because if they can find it somewhere, then they know where they can put it back too. And it's not a one and done fix either. You know, like our systems change as the kids get older, they started playing more sports. People are going in different directions at different times. So setting up new systems of like a family shared calendar, that's just a Mm -hmm. huge calendar on our wall. So everyone knows what's happening. Everyone knows if we're going somewhere for the weekend or there's things that are going on. Uh, I always create lists and post them for the whole family to see. Like these are the things that we are going to do. Some of us, some of us do more, some of us do less. that are going to be done by Saturday. You know, I think that's what's currently on our dining room table. And it's like, somebody's going to take out the trash. Somebody's going to do that. And then we just put people's initials and that's it. They get done. And your kids but, don't, know. don't argue or they just, they do what you say. They don't argue. It's like <laughs> constant, it's constant arguing. <laughs> there's eye rolling, there's sighing, <laughs> there's complaining. Uh, but yeah, I think that that would be the case no matter like with or without a system, that's going to be kind of this age. That's their response to things. Right. But I think it's our responsibility to teach them how to be tidy, how to pick up after themselves. Uh, It's a lot for me about respect, like not assuming that because I'm a mom, I'm the only one who's capable of cleaning or cooking or making beds or doing laundry. That feels pretty disrespectful to assume that I'm the only one who that falls on. Uh, and they know that. So, you know, they do their own laundry, they do their stuff. Uh, I love that. Yeah. But it really does. Like, I think for them, the payout is that in the evenings, you know, like from kind of post dinner, we don't have anything else to do. There's no more cleaning to be done. Everything has been put away throughout the day. All the kind of eye rolling and sighing, all of that is now over with. And then we have from six o'clock until they go to bed and we just play cards we watch, um, everybody in our house loves Gordon Ramsay. So we watch any combination <laughs> yeah. of Gordon Ramsay shows. Uh, we'll play board games, watch old movies. Um, and I think they love that part. So um, my hope is that that outweighs the annoyance of asking them to do tasks and chores and things throughout the day. <laughs> well, I love that. It's like a, the positive consequence of, yeah getting your stuff done earlier and having this process and being organized and then they get to enjoy time with the family. So yeah. Cause otherwise it's like, who wants to finish dinner and then be like, Oh, well, did you finish your laundry? You mm-hmm. still haven't done your homework. You still um, have all of these less glamorous things to do. Mm-hmm. So I think they appreciate that. I hope we can ask. I'm sure them. they do. And I'm sure <laughs> they will even further down the road when they're older and they go to college and all that good stuff. Yeah. So let's talk about energy in, in the home and in your space and how can you transform a space to shift the energy flow and more importantly, you know, change your happiness and your ability to kind of manifest your dreams or what you envision for that space. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful question. Uh, I, so I love this question because that's why I like organizing in general. Uh, you know, everything around us is just made up of energy. So it's, if you're feeling like you're stuck in one space in your home, the best way to unstick that is to literally move things around. Uh, So if you're feeling really overwhelmed in one space, the best way to get positive energy flow into there is to remove things from that space, create more free space for energy to flow through and bring the possibility of something new coming. 
Um, I love talking to, I work a lot, obviously we're in Los Angeles. There's a lot of influencers who live here and they're inundated with more and more and more things that arrive in the mail. And so just, you know, talking to those people too, like you, it's so beautiful that you have such an abundant life, but if you keep all of these things here, what you're telling the universe is I have enough. I've reached my maximum capacity. So don't give me anything new. And when you're eliminating some of that stuff, you're re-gifting it, you're selling it, like using it, however you want to get it out of your space. Uh, you're creating room for opportunity. And I think that's the most beautiful thing. So there's a lot you can, I mean, there's so much you can do. I'm very excited about this question. <laughs> well, it's really interesting just the way you're saying that about creating room for opportunity, because they even say in like meditation and in like, um, asking the universe for what you want and what you need, kind of putting it out there in an open space and waiting for that energy yeah. to come back to you. It's very similar to what you're talking about. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's a lot, if you want to get super into it, you know, people can study the art of feng shui and mm -hmm. kind of putting particular things in particular aspects of your home. I think honestly, it's enough to set an intention for each space and like, you know, as you're like, I'm sitting in my living room right now. And the intention for this space was that the whole family could hang out here and be very comfortable. And so it's just really simple. There's like floor cushions, couches. There's not a lot. Like you can see the wall behind me is just empty and I've left it intentionally empty because I don't want it to be like, I want the focus to be on the people that are in here and not on all of the things that we're looking at or engaging with. Uh, and, you know, if I got tired of this room, I would probably switch out like what's on the coffee table, like just any kind of new energy. There's really simple fixes, bringing in just fresh flowers and putting them mm -hmm. in a space. Uh, I think those are probably the two fastest fixes for any room, no matter what it is that you're trying to do. If you're doing it with an intention in your mind, you'll remember that every time you come into the space. But get, take a couple things out and then bring in either a fresh plant or fresh flowers and it'll be instantly transformed. And when you're going through this process, do you find that it's uh, the woman of the house or the mom, if it's a family or the parent, or do you engage the kids in this process and kind of figuring out like the intention like, and how you want to transform the space? Uh, I, I mean, I, I get our kids involved in stuff and, you know, they're responsible for their own rooms aesthetically and also organizing it and they get super into it. Uh, we did a feng shui like blueprint of our house and mm -hmm. our middle son was very into it. Like he helped me map out the whole thing and we figured out all the colors and shapes and all the things. And then he went and redid his own room immediately um, the little one, not so much into it, <laughs> but he appreciates the systems, I think, because we've made it very easy for him to just like put his stuff away and he's fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's just gotta be a mix. Sometimes people don't care and wouldn't even notice if you moved all the furniture around in the entire house. And that's fine too. You know, they'll, you don't necessarily need to be aware of what's happening to feel the positive benefits of the energy around you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have any examples or um, example 
examples of like where the energy has shifted in a positive manner, or even like think about like the bedroom. We actually spend a lot of time in our bedroom, even though it's usually sleeping time, but that's yeah. really important. Obviously we need sleep for our bodies to rest and repair. Is there any, do you have any tips to share about yeah. maybe something that you could do very simply in your bedroom? Yes. Don't store anything under your bed ever under any circumstances. <laughs> Uh, that's like my only hard and fast rule in that's any That's so home. interesting. My Nothing kids. Under the bed. I know. So we have stuff we, under. We don't have. Yeah, we don't have stuff under our bed, like in the master bedroom. But in my kids' rooms, all three of them keep like their savings boxes with like things that they've. I have like these storage bins under their beds. Uh-huh. So Moving why why are you saying no? <laughs> so... When you are sleeping, what you want is to have positive new energy sweeping literally around you. So it needs to come in and flow underneath you. And if there's obstructions to this is, I'm going to go totally off on like an energy tangent here. That's oh, okay. no, I love it. I love it. Uh, you want to have really good energy moving around you. And that's how you get the most restful sleep. That's how you have the best dreams. That's how you can wake up and feel really clear on the next day. Uh, some very specific examples of this. I had a client who was living in a tiny home. And so she needed to have all the room you know, underneath the bed was kind of her extra storage space. And I knew that she was trying to manifest a husband. And I told her, I was like, you're not, that's not going to happen with all of this under here. Basically what you're saying is there's no room for anything else anywhere near this part of my life. And she cleared all the stuff out and she's like having her second baby and found the love of her life and all these wonderful things. Oh, um, I love that story. <laughs> and I know it's like my favorite because she's pregnant, she's pregnant right now. Yeah. Uh, I have other clients, you know, where they would talk to me about, you know, they're single, they don't know why they haven't found the right person. And then as we're pulling stuff out from under their bed, I would find like their memento box, like kind of what you're saying with your kids saving special things. And so I asked her, what is this box full of? And she said, oh, that's like all the like, you know, memories from old boyfriends that I just wanted to keep. It was like, this honey is why you don't have a new boyfriend. Every night, going to bed with the memory of every other boyfriend you've ever had. No new guy wants to come into that mess. Like, put this somewhere else. You don't need to get rid of it, but it should not be under your bed. So okay, I love that. Best, like you know, I have these storage bins for my kids and it is mementos. That's literally what they're putting. They're putting in these boxes, like things they're not going to look at regularly. Yeah. Should that so, be in like a, a furnace room kind of scenario? Or? Totally. So the things that we decide to keep for our kids, we have a bin for each kid and it's in the garage. Like they sell nice, beautiful weatherproof totes. Yeah. Um, it's pretty easy for us to add stuff into it. So that's our system. Um, Hayes, our littlest one, he's like the collector of the household. And so he decides to keep his own special items too. So he just has like an empty drawer in his dresser and it's even labeled treasures. And so he knows like if he wants to keep a card, he adds it to his little treasure pile. And then when it's full, we go through it together and he decides what he still wants to keep and what is garbage, (laughs) which most of Yeah, those are great tips. Um, Yeah. So there's always other places, you know, you can put it on the top shelf of a closet if there's space, just anywhere other than under the bed. If the only space in your home that you're going to keep clear is under your bed, then you're doing good things. 
Okay, well, this is I'm a little that, yeah. off topic, but <laughs> what, what about the trundle beds that are under your bed? Does that mean, like, that's not clutter, but oh, there's no. something under okay. the bed. I think okay. it's okay. I Because there's no emotion behind what you're storing there. Right. right? It's a mattress. Uh, it's a mattress, and it's almost like an opportunity for someone to come over, right? Especially right. for kids, that's like mm-hmm. the beauty of a sleepover. Uh, that means you have guests coming. I, that feels like a very positive thing. Okay. Um, I would pull it out from time to time and like make sure you're dusting under there. Like just keep the energy and the space very clean around it. But otherwise, it should be good. Okay, that's good to know because we have two of those in my yeah in my house. Um, so I know you're passionate about helping the planet and conscious consumerism, repurposing items. You know, the thrift store shopping, all that good stuff. Um, and I think a lot of times when people have it in their head that they want to organize a space, they go to the store and they buy a bunch of like baskets or organizing containers and then they feel like, they, oh, I'm going to get rid of this, but then I want to buy this instead. So can you just talk about how people can be mindful with you know, their intention of declutter- decluttering and organizing while still being mindful and protecting the planet? Of course. I think that's such a big aspect of what we do. So, and there's a couple different points that I want to hit on in there. So remind me if I forget to come back to them. The first one was purchasing organizing products. And the second piece is donating kind of stuff and then being mindful. Three things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the yes, first exactly. rule of thumb is generally to declutter first before you buy anything. No, the purchasing of an organizing tool will not help you to get organized. Uh, And also you cannot organize unless you know exactly what it is that remains. So you always start with decluttering first so that you can see what's left. And only then will you know if you even need something to help you get organized. Most cases, I would say you probably don't, or you can find something that you already have in your home and repurpose it. That's always our first choice because I don't want, we're not in the business of buying things, right? We should be in the business of educating people on why they don't need to buy as much as they are. I love that. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. And, you know, it's the process of even watching how I shop has been so transformational uh, because, you know, everyone, no one is immune, I guess, to those moments of like, you're at Costco and it's like, oh, do we need this huge light up garden gnome? Like, what, there's just <laughs> weird stuff that comes home with you from the stores. Especially uh, when I send my husband to Costco. Yeah, yes. I have the That's same dangerous. Problem, Marty, same and, thing. You know, or you go to Target. I mean, Target just has the most gorgeous home decor stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, who doesn't want every new collection that they come out with? Uh, And so finding the balance of what is it that you're going to truly love and keep in your home for the longest amount of time possible. Uh, Because there is so much that we do consume that we have to consume that there's really no good solution for it. Like our kids are going to grow out of their clothing. That's, there's nothing we can do about that. We have to constantly replace it until they stay the same size. So that brings me to the second piece of that, which is donations. Uh, You know, even just with clothing, I think people assume like, oh, this t-shirt is stained, so I can't donate it. I have to throw it in the garbage. And 99% of any kind of fabric is a hundred, like it's recyclable. All of it is recyclable, Mm -hmm. but people don't know this. And so it's such an unnecessary thing to end up in a landfill. 
Um, companies are getting better about making it easier for textile recycling. Like you can go into any H&M store when they reopen and just drop, they have donation bins and it's all mm. just for things oh. to be recycled. So that's your stained clothes, anything that's ripped, torn, not fixable. If you don't want them anymore, there's better solutions than throwing them in the garbage. Okay. I did not know that. That's a I great didn't either. Uh, great for thing. denim, you know, the brand Madewell, you can take mm -hmm. any brand of denim in any condition and take it into their store and drop it at the counter and they recycle the denim into housing insulation through a partnership with Habitat for Humanity. That um, is so, that's so cool. cool. And then they also give you $20 off a new pair of jeans. So awesome. these are the things that like people are doing and I love that and I want more and more brands to start doing it. Actually, the jumpsuit I'm wearing right now is um, from Everlane and it's made out of like recycled materials. Oh, that's um, so cool. Uh, so there's so much fun stuff we can do, like missing socks, all of those things that would normally go into the garbage, just put them in one bag. And then next time you go to a shopping mall, take it with you, drop it off at an H&M or like any of these other stores that are doing mm -hmm. really cool stuff. Um, the other side of donation is like household items. We do a lot of work with uh, just organizations that help bring things to kids who have aged out of the foster care system or domestic violence shelters, um, people that are like setting up transitional housing for people coming out of homelessness and being able to take those belongings. So this is a great conversation to have with the people who are struggling to get rid of sentimental items, right? If they know uh -huh. that they want to get rid of it, but they're, they need that little extra push having these conversations with them where it's like, if this isn't just going to end up in a Goodwill store and get marked down to a dollar, this is going to go directly to a 22 year old single mom who is living in her first apartment and her kids are sleeping on the floor. You know, like we can take your dining room table and chairs directly to those people who not only do they need it, but they're going to be so thankful that they have it. And again, like no money changing hands, nothing ending up in a landfill. It's so exciting for us to be able to find these new opportunities to extend the life cycle of people's belongings. So are you doing that for your clients when you're yes. working with them face to face so that you're actually the one taking the stuff out and yeah, that's so nice. That's really <laughs> like cool. I would love that. A lot of exercise. Yeah. I come out and I'm like, I'm too old for this. It's so heavy. <laughs> but um, that, I, cause that's a, like, you know, you get everything packed up and ready to donate and then it like sits yeah. in your garage for six oh, months yeah. or whatever. So it's I, nice we, that you're taking it away for people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so important to me that our clients feel like they really got a full service experience. So mm -hmm. I don't want to leave them with anything on their to-do list. Uh, so if it fits in our cars, we haul it away. If it doesn't, we'll arrange for someone to pick it up. Uh, we always take donations. We take any garbage that you're just, everything comes with us when we go. And then if you need tax receipts, as soon as the things get picked up from, I, I call our garages like a mini donation center because we bring everything <laughs> back here and we sort it to the different, like each pile goes to a different charity. And then when there's enough of everything, it gets picked up in bulk. Uh, but it makes me look like I'm a crazy hoarder sometimes. <laughs> uh, my husband's in the background. He's like, yep. Sure yeah, we have so, an issue whenever I put stuff to be donated in my garage. My yeah. husband's like, when is this, when is this going to be yeah. gone? Yeah. Got to get out of here. So, and that's, you know, it's so fun because that also makes it the most satisfying feeling of like, mm. 
wow, now everything is just exactly as it should be in this space and there's no, you know, homework or tasks left for our clients to do. Uh, so I heard um, in one of your other podcasts that you love when people DM you questions. Yeah. Is that still accurate? Totally. So as people are all around, hopefully around the world listening to this, and maybe while we're having these stay-at-home orders, they're doing more decluttering in their homes, um, how would you, first of all, recommend that people take advantage of this time and kind of start to the decluttering process? And also, if they have questions, you know, how can they reach you? I know you mentioned in another podcast, people can DM you, but what other ways can people use your services virtually? So we are, I mean, the best place to start is always just on our website, which is just composeliving.com. It's filled with free resources, how-tos, videos, uh, all the places I mentioned for donations are listed there. Um, there's a whole section on sustainability, whether it's products for your home or ways of recycling. So there's tons of good information there. You can also just email me directly through the website. You can DM me on Instagram. I spend way too much time on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll get a quick response, I'm sure. Um, we also are working with clients virtually. So it's, you know, we're not limited to people in Los Angeles. We're doing um, consultations, you know, just like this on Zoom or FaceTime. Uh, right now, I think there's an influx of people who are working remote for the first time in their lives. And so we're doing work from home consults. I think one of the things that a lot of organizers do that they don't necessarily talk about is we're also trained in like productivity. So setting people up with the best systems to make sure that they're still just as productive while they're working remotely, or even just designing a space so that they have a place where they can go where, you know, they feel like they're kind of sheltered from barking dogs or kids running around or whatever. So all of those things are options. I think, you know, you asked what's the best place to start if you want to really use this time to get organized. We have our 30-day to clutter-free program, which is totally free, and that's available on our website. Um, or if you're on Instagram, I think it's just the link in the bio as well. But it just walks you through really easy steps that you can take in 10 to 15 minutes every day to go through your entire space over the course of 30 days. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, that's yes. a fun one too. Um, and I, you know, talking, speaking of Instagram and you have a beautiful page. Oh, thank you. So everyone out there needs to follow Elsa, but there was something, this is somewhat off topic that I saw that you posted not that long ago and it was your anniversary uh -huh. recently <laughs> during the stay at home. So happy belated anniversary. Thank you. So can you just talk a little bit about how you celebrated your anniversary during Corona? Cause I think everyone out there is looking for ways to be ways creative to with celebrations, birthdays, anniversaries. Cause I seriously, I forwarded this to my husband and I said, we need to do this. Our anniversary is coming up in a few weeks or yeah. at least parts of it. Oh, you have to do something to celebrate. Uh, so yeah, yes, we, it was our anniversary. We were supposed to be in Ireland. Um, obviously the trip was canceled. Strangely, the second time we've had a trip to Ireland that has been canceled. So I think oh. Ireland doesn't want us is what I think. <laughs> uh, but we, I, it's so important to me to celebrate all the little things and especially the big things in life and particularly our marriage. Uh, Chad had been married before. I had a child from a previous relationship. So the 
simple fact that we were able to find each other and blend a household with three kids, um, I think is worth celebrating at least one day a year, mm-hmm. if not every day. Absolutely. And so <laughs> he's cheering in the background. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, I was at a loss cause I wanted it to feel really special and not quarantine-ish. And I was like, the kids are home and my mom is here. And like, what are we going to do? Just sit around and stare at each other. So I asked a couple of my girlfriends and some of them are event planners, which was awesome to have on hand. And they were like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And so I just kind of took all of their ideas and we did them all in one day. So it started with reaching out to a like exotic car rental company. And my husband has always wanted to have a 1970 Pontiac GTO. And they had one in the exact same color that was available for rent. And they did like a little quarantine pickup option where you just like the keys were in the car and we just went, we brought our like hand sanitizer spray and picked it up. That morning, of course, they emailed me and said that the car wasn't working and they had another option available, which ended up being absolutely perfect because it was a sunny day. We ended up with like an old Mustang that was a convertible. And so we picked it up for the day and brought it back to our house and we put on our wedding outfits because why not? Like your wedding, you mean your wedding dress? Oh yeah. Okay. Wow. And I mean, it it was like a stretch that it still fit, but (laughs) it it fit (laughs) enough for the purpose of our driveway photos. I had my girlfriend, Krista, come over. She's a professional photographer and she's been doing like documenting the quarantine with porch sessions. Uh Uh, We actually did one of those with her as well too, which was so much fun. And so we got dressed up. We had the kids in their pajamas and Chad and I were in our fancy attire and we just posed with the car in our driveway and she took photos of us being silly and crazy. (gasps) And it was so fun. You know, like people would drive by and you'd see them like turn around and drive by again. Like, are those people getting married in their driveway right now? What's going on? <laughs> it's nine o'clock in the With morning. their kids in the pajamas. <laughs> like what's happening here? There's a dog running around. But we just had a blast. And then the kids stayed here. We picked up sushi to go and we drove along the coast and had a little picnic where there's just like nobody around us. Uh, We're not allowed to go on the beaches, so we just kind of sat like in front of the car. Uh, But it was still just so nice to see the ocean and have fresh air and get a little suntan. And then we came home, we drove the kids around. They just loved the car. I mean, it was so cool. Just even seeing the look on their faces cruising around the streets. and, uh, And then we ordered takeout from a nice restaurant in our neighborhood, and the kids were like our tiny little waiters and they brought food out for us <laughs> we would ask them you know like oh what's our appetizer and they're like I don't know it's bread just get <laughs> the table and run uh, but it was really it ended up being so special I think it was probably think- one of my most fun anniversaries because it felt very relaxed but also like just silly and joyful that's so awesome yeah yes. I love it. I can't already like thinking how I can pull this off. Yeah. Yeah. You could actually the same lady, Robin, is the owner of um, I think her Instagram handle is RMBO Collective. It stands for Robin Michelle, but it's like her name initials. But she's now offering virtual event planning packages because so many people have kids that are graduating from high school. 
people, mm-hmm. uh, college graduations, anniversaries, birthdays, all of these things coming up, weddings that have been canceled, bachelorette parties. And so when we were chatting about it, she does a lot of event planning for us if we're having composed living parties or those kinds of things. And I always told her, I was like, Robin, what I want from you is not like, I want you to just teach me how to do this. And so let's create a vision board. And then you just tell me where I can buy these things so that I have them and I can keep recreating this awesome experience or repurposing these in a new way. But I want you to teach me how to do it. And so now she's doing that for everyone, which I think is so awesome, where you can just talk about like, okay, it's my anniversary. The vibe that I want is this. You guys can come up with a mood board together. And then she can tell you how to make it happen remotely and with things you can order online or whatever, which I think is so cool. That is so cool. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. That's a way to get creative in this time, especially when you're an event planner, you're so used to having to do things or thinking that you do things in person. Yeah. But you know, this is our new reality and like people shouldn't just stop celebrating things. We just need to get a little more crafty with how we're doing them. I don't know. We have now our kids' birthdays are coming up and so we're going to have to come up with something new. (laughs) Yes. We have a lot of quarantine birthdays in my family. So, (laughs) so where can people find you on Facebook, Instagram, your website? Yep. I'm most active on Instagram and the website. We do have a Facebook page as well. It's just composed living. Um, Instagram is composed underscore living. Our website is composedliving.com. We have new blogs that come out once or twice a week. Um, we have our newsletter that comes out once a month. There's just a, we try to keep the content fresh all the time, like new tips, new tricks, especially as my kids age, like new things that we're doing around the house. Uh, right now we're doing mm-hmm. a couple of like DIY home renovation projects. So you can watch all that crazy up on Instagram. <laughs> been fun learning how to do like demo and replastering walls <laughs> all these crazy oh, that's things. very cool yeah but today the wallpaper arrived so yay so are you gonna, gonna put that up yourself too. yeah yeah it's really That'll funny. Be fun yeah that's awesome so as we wrap up this interview and this has been an amazing discussion I feel like we could have you on again or keep talking for hours mm-hmm. Um, the one question we like to ask all of our guests is what does the art of living well mean to you um, I've been looking forward to this question, the whole <laughs> interview. So the art of living well to me means finding a, like a level of congruency between everything that you're doing. And I think that's so important to me because before I started Compose Living, I felt like I was living two different lives. There was the life where I went to work and that was its own thing and that wasn't allowed to be a reflection of who I was at my core. It wasn't necessarily like filled with joy. It was purely about getting things done and making money and then coming home and trying to squeeze in moments of happiness. And now I think, you know, the art of living a really beautiful life is in waking up and having that intention be in every aspect of what you're doing. So when you're going to work knowing that that's a true reflection of you and your passions and that you're happy and grateful to be doing it and that that doesn't change no matter what it is that you're doing throughout the day. Uh, And I think that's kind of it for me. And that's, I mean, that's beautiful and so amazing that you have realized that at such, such a young age 
Because I think there are a lot of people that have like these two different lives. They have their work life where they're maybe doing it for the money or because they have to or for whatever their reasons are, they feel stuck. And then they have the home life where they're trying to, like you said, find those moments of joy. So it's wonderful that you have found that congruency and that you um, recognize that. And, and now you're trying to spread that and help other people find that. Yeah. Thank you. We're going to link up everything in the show notes for everyone in case you're driving and you can't write some of this stuff down. Elsa, you had so many great tips for people to start incorporating into their life. So we can't wait for everyone to um, be inspired by your journey and what you, what you're putting out there to the universe. Yeah. Same. And I love um, seeing people's progress. So post it somewhere. I don't know. Everybody, if you're doing anything, if you've cleared out all of the space underneath your bed, take a picture of it and put it on Instagram and tag us in it. Well, Marty and I will do that for sure. I, I'm, I'm definitely on a mission to get the spaces under my kids' beds cleared. Awesome. That will happen in the next month, hopefully sooner. But During your next, next workout, weeks. you'll be working yeah, exactly. out well, that rooms. wrong areas of the house. Yeah. But anyway, thank you so much for being a guest today. Thank you both so much for having me. This was so wonderful. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to the Art of Living Well podcast. We are so grateful that you joined us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or anyone else you think may benefit from this information. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast leave us a review, and tag the Art of Living Well podcast on social media. If you want more inspiration in between episodes, you can find us on social media at theartofliving underscore well on Instagram and Facebook, where we will share snippets from our daily lives and our journey to living well.